Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, episode 227. Now you're probably wondering, why does this sound different? Why does it look different? Whichever way that you check in on our platform, check in on our podcast, whether you listen to Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or you look on YouTube, or whichever way you want to see or hear us is a bit different today because Eddie Cool Trap is um, on the road or in the air traveling back home from a week-long visit back home to North Myrtle Beach. Slightly jealous, but it's okay. And our prayers and thoughts go out to our very own money man, Scotty D, as he's going through, yeah, still out there, the vid, COVID-19. He is under the weather, so I am going to try this out all by myself. This be your boy, the Almighty Be Live, one third of the Sports Bros podcast. And I'm sorry, I apologize ahead of time. Yep, you got just me, and I know, I know, I got my haters out there. So, hey, buckle up, buckle up for this ride because it's going down right now. We're gonna bring in the top of the order. Well. And you know how I like to do things. I'm just going to do things just a little bit different when it comes to the top of the order because this is going to be what happened when it comes to what what really what happened in the NFL this week and the past few weeks because whew, some things we just could not predict. Um, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. As you probably, you better, you should know that myself and the HOC, Eddie Cool, we are both diehard, and I mean diehard, Carolina Panthers fans. And we, 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 it's, whew, we hurting. It's a bit rough for us this year. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. There is a little bit of gold at the end of the rainbow because... The owner, David Tepper, decided to make some moves and decided to go ahead and oust our coach, uh, Frank Wright, which I know, I know you're asking. I know you're asking, you're asking. You don't even give them the whole season. This is two years in a row that you fire a coach mid-season. What is really going on? Is there going to be any type of continuity? Here's the thing. If there's no even slight chance of improvement, if there's no hope, if you're literally suiting up, be one of those 53 men on the field each and every week, and there's no hope, you don't see any improvement, the locker room is dead. The stadium is dead. Did you, did you not, I'm not even talking about, because that was a home game against the Titans. Did you happen to catch the previous week? when the Cowboys came into Charlotte and it was almost like a home game for the Cowboys 
because we as a fan base, it's tough for us to spend money on this on this team. And you can sit here and call me fair weather all you want to. I don't care what you got to say about me. I work hard for my money. I just, I just, I'd rather see, just a, I'd rather, I'd rather have some hope. Let's put it that way. I've spent my money on losing games before, and I'll do it again. But there's got to be a slight bit of hope. There's got to be some reason for me to go to the game. It's hard for me to even wake up and put on a t-shirt to watch this team. And each time I've done it this year, it's been, oh, it's hurt. So, he, when it, it, it just ain't happening, it just ain't happening. Now, what I've, what I've wanted to see Steve Wilkes have the job this year and see how the team rallied around behind him, yes, I would. But that mistake's already been made. I don't know what we're going to do as far as the coach searches going on right now. Interim, interim's already been set. I don't even know what his position is. Is it terrible? I should be more, I should know more about this. I just don't because it's hard. It's tough. I'm, this year is a loss. I'm going to, I'm going to have a little slight bit of enthusiasm next year because it's going to be a new year. But without our first round draft pick, whew, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough, but it's okay. Moves have been made. Josh McCown, Deuce Staley. Things are shaking. So, one and sixteen, eh? Two and fifteen, eh? It really don't matter. I'm gonna keep pounding to the day I die. But the moves have been made. David Tepper plays zero games. Says one more move he should make. Scott Fitterer or who, whoever's making the GM decisions. I told y'all from the beginning. Don't trade up. Don't make no trades. Stick where we're at. Build up our own line. I said that, but nobody listens to me. So this is what I need y'all to do. Share. I be making sense sometimes. Sometimes. Give me some credit. Share our podcast. I need somebody in Charlotte. I need a representative in Charlotte to share the share this podcast. Because I need them to hear what I got to say. Because, it's rough. It's, this, this, this is rough. It's okay. It's okay. I digress. What happened? Have y'all noticed that the Denver Broncos have won five straight? Broncos country, let's ride. Five straight. And it's not anything about this. It's not just five straight against anybody. I'm talking about five straight including the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Minnesota Vikings, and the defensive juggernaut that is the Cleveland Browns. I know they're they're lacking at um quarterback right now, but Denver is not playing around, and especially their defense. And it, it sort of looked like um oh, Russell Wilson he's cooking a little bit. They're not sitting at six to five, believe it or not. They're second in the division. And, I mean, they're they almost there. They, they, momentum is on their side. I counted the Broncos out a long time ago, but we're seeing a resurgence of Russell Wilson. And, like I said, that defense is not playing around. Ooh, they're taking heads off. So, man, oh, man, it's going to be interesting to see how the end of the year, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, how that really 
comes into play. And speaking of end of the season and how things play out, how things fall, if the playoffs, if the season ended today and the and, the, and we were seeding and looking at the playoffs, can you believe this? The Pittsburgh Steelers, who I picked to be, I did, I, I picked them to be dead last in their division. They be sitting at the five seed. They're sitting at seven to four right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers, with their Hall of Fame coach, first ballot, Mike Tomlin. They still, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it, but he just manages to keep on doing what to do. The Steelers are in. The Cleveland Browns are in. The Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew. Backup QB. Indianapolis Colts are in the playoffs. While the Buffalo Bills and all-world Josh Allen and the Cincinnati Bengals are sitting at home. Cincinnati Bengals, whoo! Without Joe Burrow, it's, I know, I know, I know. It's tough. That boy, he's that dude. And injuries have plagued this season in the NFL. Part of the game, man. Woo. The years the backup quarterback is in full effect. So, hey. And then on the NFC side of things. I've been telling y'all about the Detroit Lions. They fell off this week, but they're still eight and three. They're the number, they're, I believe they're the number two seed in the um, NFC. A uh, uh, three seed, two, three seed, one to two. I ain't looking at it. It's all right. Y'all know where it is. Google it. But the Detroit Lions are leading their division. And, but here's the thing. The Minnesota Vikings would be in the playoffs. The Vikings, really? They're on their they're on their fifth quarterback at this point in time. I'm saying that that's a whole nother situation with Josh Dobbs. I'll figure out which which Josh Dobbs we're gonna get, but it's all right. It's okay. It's gonna be interesting. But Green Bay Packers would be sitting at home. Who else would be sitting at home? The Los Angeles Rams, I, I don't know. Like, what, what's going on with the Rams? I feel like they, I thought they still had the talent. I don't know. Rolls have been reversed. Jared Goff, good. Matt Stafford, eh, not so much. But the NFL is already playing out to be quite the interesting season and just you know, remember one time, I'm just going, I think I'm just going to go ahead and erase that episode where I predicted that the Carolina Panthers would win the division. Come on, there's a reason why. And the reason's still out there because guess what? The NFC South, nobody's above 500. Everybody has a losing record in the NFC South. It's just the Panthers have the worst of the four. Right now, if the season ended, the five and six Falcons with their head-to-head -head victory over the Saints, would make it to the playoffs. The Falcons, the Falcons, Atlanta. Oh, oh, my head hurts. And the Panthers are still not mathematically out, by the way. But yeah, we're not. We're not talking about that. We're not going to do that. 
So, yeah, there's a lot of what happened in the NFL. But I want to go ahead and get that out of the way because you know me. You know how I like to do things. You know the meat and potatoes or why I wake up in the morning. It's college football. And coming up next, it's my version. Just me, myself, and I. My version of the Be Live Top 5. Coming at you from the Sports Bros Podcast. Yes, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. And this is the this is the thick of things. All we got left is the conference championships. Rivalry week is over. 12 weeks in the bag, 12 games, 13 weeks, 14 weeks, week zero. You know how it is. But this is it right here. One last week to go to determine who goes to the playoff and who has a chance to win it all. So I I can say with confidence, this is the second to the last of the Be Live Top 5 of 2023. And here we go. I'm just going to come in hot with it. Coming in at number 5. I think they've got the best resume out of the one-loss teams because everybody knows there's four undefeated. I think there's five still. I think Liberty's still undefeated, but eh, sorry for you. It is what it is. Your one-loss teams, the team right now that's on the outside looking in, and there's, a, there's a list of them, but this team I think has the best chance of remaining the top one lost team, and with their resume, if one of the undefeated teams loses and they win their um, the, um, their conference championship, hint, hint, I believe this team will make the playoff. And that's going to be Hook'em Horns, Texas Longhorns. They didn't have to beat Texas Tech that bad, but yes, they did because guess what? This is statement season. This is where you roll up your sleeves and you let the committee know we are playing zero games. We're not playing to our competition. We're playing who we are. And good Lord, 57-7 against Texas Tech? They are making a statement. That Texas game, that Texas over Alabama is it's huge right now. They're on the outside looking in. They need help because four undefeated Conference champions, there's your top four. Clear as day. Now, but now it's my job. It's my job. It ain't really my job, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's my job to let people know how I rank those four undefeated teams. Coming in at number four. Whew. This is rough for me to do. Because they can, I can move them all the way up to number two if I really wanted to. But they're showing this past week has me down, has a lot of people doubting. But I'm going to make that statement in just a moment. Coming in at number four are the Washington Huskies. Rivalry week, I can never say it right. I'm thick tongue, whatever it is. Y'all be, you, y'all be all right. Coming in at number four. 
the Washington Huskies. They struggled against Washington State. Wazoo had them on the ropes. And if it wasn't for a late second um, field goal, we'd be singing a whole different tone about the Washington Huskies. Now, let me say this. All these playoff predictors and computers and all this other silly stuff that has Oregon has a better chance than Washington, even though Washington already beat Oregon. I understand that you're predicting that Oregon beats Washington. That You can't do that. You can't predict the future. You got to go off the resume and the eye test. And at the end of the day, Washington has a head-to-head -head victory over Oregon. Now, when they, if and when, Oregon or when Oregon may beat Washington, then you, that, that's, that's an easy fix. But for you to predict and just, wow, oh, that's just wrong. Let it happen first. Let it happen. Why do we need these predictions? Rank them as they are right now, and then we'll see how it goes. That's why I have Washington at number four, and I still have Florida State at number three. Because Florida State didn't look that strong either with their backup quarterback. It, but here's the thing. It's rivalry week again. Florida State versus Florida. Florida's going to play tough in, um, at, at home in the swamp. They're going to play Florida State tough. But, yeah, come on. That's why I have them at number three. I'm not going to punish Florida State for their quarterback getting hurt. I'm not going to punish them. I know that the committee already did that, put them at number five, and shame on them for doing so. Get it right. Bring it back. Put Ohio State where they deserve to be. Out. All the way out. Move Florida State back up into the top four. Too easy. Then don't match. Don't play with me, college football playoff committee. Don't play with me. Here comes the big one right here. Number two, the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going to say it before. I'm going to say it again. Who have the Bulldogs really played? Their best victory is Mizzou. Missouri. 10-2 Missouri. 10-2 Ole Miss. Think. Tennessee's nine and three or eight and four. One of the, these are not really strong teams. Now, of course, you beat Alabama, then ta-da, you shut me up, and I'm pretty sure you have the number one seed. But according to the resume that I see before me right now, the way they played, yes, they played dominant against the SEC, and everybody perceives the SEC as the toughest conference. That's an absolute lie. Take the history out of it. This is not your grandfather's SEC. This is an SEC that's not that strong. That defense, the defense is not really there outside of Georgia. I haven't seen too much of defense in the SEC. I'm just saying. Just saying. Because the SEC offenses aren't that high flying, but for him, for them to have all these, all the scoring outside of LSU, the LSU, they, they, they know how to score. They, they they can't stop a nosebleed or this running nose that I got going on right now. It's the season. It is what it is. With that being said, it does not pain me to say this. But I am a man of my word. 
and I'm here on the air right now to apologize to each and every person in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and all surrounding areas, all Michigan fans, Tristan, especially to you, my friend. I'm apologizing on the air to the Michigan Wolverines. I took them completely out of the playoff picture because they didn't, they didn't have their head coach on the sideline. And all they did was prove me absolutely wrong. They ran a, they ran a scheme. They, they played ball. Ohio State was not playing any games. I think Ohio State played conservatively. They could have opened the playbook a little bit more. But Michigan said it's us against the world, us against everyone, and they proved it. And now you get Harbaugh back. If anything, if anything, these kids are determined to bring a championship to Michigan. I think they are the most complete team in the NCAA right now. And I think they're more than capable of winning a championship. Michigan Wolverines, I apologize. Now finish the job. That's all I got to say. Now with that being said, the top five, of course, is the most important thing that's going on right now. But I'm not going to leave y'all without a not top five because, hey, it's just me. So it's my segments. All day, every day. Let's get it. Let's go. Ah, boy, 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 boy. It was not a good week. For teams with the initials. O-S-U. So much to the point where they populated my not top five. Did I speak it in a little other shit? I, I was trying to find five of them. I couldn't find five of them, but it's a neither here nor there. But coming in at number five, Oregon State, the Beavers. See what had happened was Oregon State, you are the Penn State of the former Pac 12. And now you're one of the two teams in the Pac 2. And that's a whole nother story within itself. They are still a conference, full-fledged conference. And, hey, do what it do. I know they're talking with Mountain West right now in some agreement, but they are a conference. So, hey, hats off to them, but not hats off to the way they played Oregon. Because, woo, I think it was 31-7. to Again, look it up. Hey, I would like to have notes. I just don't feel like it right now. It's what I do. <laughs> Off the dome, baby. But I keep I keep the I keep the entertainment. I keep the heat coming. Oregon State. DJ, my dude. Hey, bruh. This was your opportunity. This I think this game was your opportunity to solidify that you're a top five quarterback. And whew. Not a good look. Not a good look and would I like to like for you to still be at Clemson? Yeah, but it um, when when you move on, you move on. Hey, I like Kelly Bryant before Trevor Lawrence, but uh, you can't really argue with fifteen and zero. I know Clemson season hasn't been that strong this year, but I I don't have a say in those matters. DJ, I wish you the best in your future endeavors. I don't know if you're 
declaring for the draft this coming year, if you're staying another year, hey, do what it do. I think I think the world of you. Not this game. Coming in at number four. Told you I'm on this theme, OSU. We're going from Oregon State University to Oklahoma State University. Now, I thought about this. But didn't they win, Milan? Yes, they won. In double overtime against BYU. They needed this game to win to solidify, to clinch, to to make it to the Big 12 championship against Texas. And they had like they didn't want it because BYU was winning by a couple of touchdowns for the majority of the game. And it was a miraculous comeback for Oklahoma State just to get here. But man, the way it looks right now. Mike Gundy, Texas is going to beat the brakes off of y'all. It's not even going to be pretty because they, they're out there right now. They're out to make a statement. They, they want to leave absolutely no doubt. If one of these teams loses in this, um, in the, in, and one of these undefeated teams loses, they're in. Oklahoma State, whew, I feel for you because hook them horns. They're coming. Joe Dab, don't do that. Don't do that. I see the way you're looking at me right now. Don't do that. You cheesing right now because I'm oh, see that's why I don't that's why I don't give compliments out that much. Coming in at number three. This is dangerous to say where I live at. But it must be said, coming in at number three, not top five. North Carolina. What happened? Y'all were ranked top 10. You got the Heisman favorite coming into the season and all this and all the, all the accolades. And you do what against your in-state rival? After you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Duke and understand Duke is, hey, their football program, wish them the best of luck after losing their coach. It is what it is. Money talks and y'all know what walks. North Carolina, you, I, did you, your defense didn't show up at all. NC State scored on their first eight possessions. If 39-20 is not an indicator, it could have easily been much, much worse. North Carolina, I thought y'all were trending up. I was thinking that this, you're going to be one of those perennial powers in the ACC. But now I'm starting to think maybe Mac Brown, maybe it's coming to the end of that tenure. I don't know. But yeah. What a tough way to end the regular season. Y'all go to a bowl game and do what it do. Hey, it is what it is. But man, not the best showing. Which leads me to number two. Louisville, 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 Louisville. Make it to the top ten. At the end of the day, I do not care about conference alliance or anything like that. I have one team and I have one team only. But every now and again, 
especially when it comes to some of these rankings and some of these biases. Like right now, I really just, I am anti-SCC because I'm trying to get it through what everybody said that they're not that good. And then Louisville, you come in and you lose to Kentucky. You're going to be in the ACC championship. You can't lose to Kentucky because then I got to hear it from these SEC Kool-Aid drinking idiots. <sighs> You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. We'll see what happens in the ACC championship. Oh, it could be a mess. I don't know what to expect. <sighs> I guess I'll be watching. It's Saturday. I'm, I'm going to be watching football. But number one, going back to my thing, this I smile about. The Ohio State University, most overrated. Ryan Day, yeah, you're 35-1 against everybody else at any given point of time. But this makes you now 1-6 in, in rivalry games and college football playoff games. 1-6. You can't win the big game. Three straight losses against Michigan. Ryan Day, as great as you've been, as far as like Ohio State's in the picture every single year, I don't know how much more the people in Columbus are going to be able to tolerate losing to that team up north. I knew there was going to be some people calling for your head. And, you know, some experts, like, you shouldn't have to worry. I say he's 35-1 and one against everybody else. But Ohio State don't play around. Woo! Them buns might be hot. But we shall see. With a lot of decision-making... And we'll see later on, on Tuesday, this will probably release on Wednesday, we'll see later on where what the committee thinks and how far Ohio State drops. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and segue into it. Usually we go into the choices of the voices. It don't feel right with me just being by myself. Give y'all another week to answer the question. And all three of us to talk about it and ridicule those and put people into the penalty box. But I'm going to do my own little thing to finish this show off. Because I just love college football. And I want to talk about it more. I gave you my top five. I gave you my not top five. But I think I want to start segueing into what I'm going to do moving forward into the into the following year when we're going to have a 12-team playoff. It's going to be sort of the same style how I like to do things. I am, a, I am an anti-establishment type of person. The college football playoff committee has never been right, for the most part. 
I mean, at the end of the day, I think the right teams, I mean, nine times out of ten, decisions have been made for them. It's not that hard. But just the way they go about certain things and certain things they look at and don't look at and certain biases that they have, I ain't for it. And I think it would just be better off if they just took the blinders off, took the look at more West Coast games, not be so SEC, and just because it's the SEC, think that they're better. Because the eye test, if you really look at that, see, I told you. And the thing about this, I'm not so much of anti-SEC that I don't want them to succeed. I just want people to see what I've been seeing on on field. Because as much as I talk about the the upper echelon of the SEC, that's the top heavy. And even top heavy, Alabama shouldn't have won against Auburn. That's a whole other story within itself. They shouldn't have won. Fourth and 31, the grave digger? How? How? The owl sway? Auburn, really? Oh, boy, that's just, I don't know what's going on with that, bro. <sighs> but here we go. For the remainder of this season, I'm going to still do my top five just because it it plays into the top four. That's eventually going to be picked this year. But I'm also going to give you a preview of what I'm going to be doing next year. Because I'm going to retire the top five. And I'm going to give you hashtag be live playoff bracket. Now you're thinking, oh, we're moving to 12 teams. We're moving to 12 teams. So be live is going to come with 12 teams. Absolutely not. No. Because I don't think 12. I still think 12 teams is too much. For what? For who and why? Why would there be 12 teams this year? So you can include not one, not two, but three, three lost teams? Or two, what is it, two lost teams, whatever. It could be three lost teams. They lost the games that they shouldn't. If you, you're going to take the 12 games, I mean 12 teams, the Michigan-Ohio State game has no meaning whatsoever. It has zero. It has the, all the hype that you have this year, it was because one was going to be in, one was going to be out. If you had 12 teams, they'd both be in. Of course, it'd be bragging that they, they still, the game would be playing. But the rest of the world, I'm not going to be watching that as intently because I know they both would be in it. And that's, it I'm telling you, it's actually going to drive down viewership. But Dad, don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I said it a long time ago, and I'm sticking to my guns. It should be an eight team playoff bracket. And that's what I'm going to give to you, the way things should be in my eyes. And this is going to be amidst all the chaos. So, my matchup as of right now, number one, Michigan, versus number eight, Tulane, the green wave. Tulane would make, they would make it to the playoff, being the highest ranked group of five team. And they've been doing what they do. They, they're the highest ranked. Give them a chance. I think Michigan will annihilate them, but that's the whole purpose. Hey, let it be. Let it be played on the field. I, I I like the playoff. I don't like one versus two, et cetera, et cetera. But for all those people that like to talk trash about my Clemson Tiger and how they wouldn't have made it if if it was for the you know what I'm not gonna do that. I digress. 
Our Rose Leader Dabo. We'll get there in just a second. My playoff bracket next would be number four, Florida State versus number five, Texas. Dude, I think I explained exactly why they're ranked the way they're ranked. Now, here's the thing. I know, I know, I know I dropped Florida from three, Florida State for three or four. I know I did that. You know what? You want to know why I did that? It's because once, if Washington beats Oregon, Washington will move up into a bomb. They'll move up to number three. They're not number three yet, but they'd move up to number three by having beaten Oregon twice. They'd have the better resume. And so, therefore, that's how it is. That's why my bracket is different than my rankings. I do what I want. Hey, it's my rankings. It's my bracket. Four, number five, Florida State, Texas. Next, number three versus number six. I've got Washington versus Ohio State. I'm not going to punish Ohio State that much because at the end of the day, they lost. Their only loss is to the number one team in my eyes. So they would make an 18 playoff. And they would be one of the two teams that didn't win their conference championship. I think at the end of the day, they would be, they're still one of the best teams that are not going to play for the conference championship. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people may argue that Oregon is actually playing for their conference championship. The reason why Oregon is playing for the conference championship is because the Big Ten is still divided into divisions. It shouldn't be Michigan versus Ohio, uh, Michigan versus Iowa. It should be Michigan versus Ohio State in the conference championship. It should be just a rematch. They'll figure that out. And they, they need to figure it out anyway because, I mean, it's set up that way. Iowa can't think. Iowa has zero, and I mean zero offense. <sighs> take the under. I promise you. So, why have Washington number three when they, when they beat Oregon? Now, if Oregon beats Washington, I think they just swap. Because, now, I still, and here's the thing, y'all gonna call me crazy. I'm going to put a one-loss Oregon over an undefeated Florida State. I I will still have them in my four-team playoff, but I think that one Florida State. Phew, I'm not punishing you, but come on, you've had a couple very close calls to be undefeated, and it just yeah, yeah. As a Clemson fan, and Clemson, we trying to get up there and make your resume a little bit better. But it's still, I mean, Lord, just saying, too many close calls. And then my two versus seven matchup would be Georgia versus Oregon. I know I may have lied earlier and I said I'd move Georgia up to number one if they beat Alabama, but I thought about it. Alabama, I mean, they, whew. They should have two losses. So beating Alabama isn't as strong as what it would look beforehand. Now, here's one thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this. Do not count Alabama out. And I want to make it perfectly clear with this 18 bracket I got right now. If it was just four teams, 
and Alabama beats Georgia, I am on the side of no SEC team in the top four. Texas moves up, Florida State, Washington, and Michigan. If they win, if they win out. Now, if any one of those teams decide to lose their conference championship, then I gotta move Georgia back up in there. Or and that could that's a that's a discussion within itself. Alabama beats Georgia. Texas beat Alabama by ipso facto such and such. Texas is better than Alabama. That is better than Georgia. Georgia is out. Texas will make it in. Alabama will make it in. Georgia is out if they lose. Their resume does not. It just it, it isn't there. There's a reason why I still have them at number two. And I would stick by that argument. With that being said, hey, that's why I do what I do. Because I can. You don't like it? Feel free to put it. Hey, make your own video. Come at me. I want the smoke. Let's go. I thoroughly enjoy it. With that being said, I'm going to close out this episode of the Sports Bros Podcast with simply this. I'm not going to do pepper like I normally do. I'm going to do it somewhat because my third and final pepper point is my what happened pepper. But I've been doing what happened all throughout the episode. So I'm going to finish off with what happened. This time last year, a couple days after Thanksgiving last year, the South Carolina Gamecocks managed to pull off a miraculous victory against my Clemson Tigers by the tune of 31-30. to I knew it was going to come at some given point of time. Can't win them all. And it, it you knew the trash talk was going to come. You knew that it was going to be a lot of bragging. They earned the bragging rights for one year. And and I, I here's the thing. I took it all in stride. I'm still going to talk trash because at the end of the day, we beat y'all eight years in a row. Should have been eight years in a row, but you, the SEC, they didn't want to do they They nixed the um, out-of-conference situational. Scurred, because you knew Clemson's going to win back, at, back in, the, um, in the pandemic. Day. Just, just, let's, let's stop right there. It should have been, been throwing up them eights, but the seven up is a delicious drink. So I've endured... Over the past year, the past 365 days, I've endured all types of trash talk, all kind, all types of smack. Clemson is falling off. I've heard everything. Oh, when we lost to Duke, we lost to NC State, we lost to Miami, we lost to Florida State. Everybody wished gloom and doom. And all, and I'm just like, you know what? Hey, it's been a rough year, but it'll all be justified when what happened this past Saturday happened.
Game chickens, coots, you had your one year bragging. Now you're right back to where you were before. Bottom of the barrel, second to last in the SEC. Little brother status. People still complaining about referees and calls and holds and all this. The better team won. And when I say the better team, our defense is still top-notch in the country. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. I done told you this before. You didn't listen to me. You just wanted to run off at the mouth, talk out of the side of your neck. And you thought I was just going to sit back and forget about it? Oh, man. Get what's coming to you. Because at the end of the day, all roads lead to Dabo. I'm all in. I bleed orange. And you're going to get this work. Come on, man. The coots want to play games with me. Thought they was just going to, oh, they just thought they was going to run a little streak on us. Oh, they had their chest out thumping and all this stuff. Oh, Shane Beamer to the moon. Shane Train and all this other stuff. Cut it out. I told y'all. Now go sit in the corner, like I done told y'all, and talk to me nicely. <laughs> this be your boy, the almighty be live one-third of the Sports Bros Podcast. Wishing safe travels to the HLC Eddie Cool and hoping and praying that the money man Scotty D gets well very, very soon. On behalf of all of us here at the Sports Bros Podcast, this was episode 227, and we got so many more to go. Continue to like, comment, share, all of the things. We need y'all help. We need y'all to get our word out, because our word is your word. We are by the fan, for the fan. With that being said, I'm out. Yes, sir. Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, continue to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Just click the link in the description box and keep up with the Sports Bros Podcast. And once again, thanks for listening.